Good morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for worshiping with us online. We want to welcome you today. Can we stand together this morning as we begin to worship? God gives us the best of things, doesn't he? God gives us the best of things, doesn't he? Whether we know what it is or not, he blesses us. There's honey in the rock, water in the stone, men on the ground, no matter where I go. I don't need to worry now that I know. Everything I need you got is honey in the rock. Praying for a miracle, thirsty for the living well. Only you can satisfy Sweetness at the mercy seat Now I've tasted It's not hard to see Only you can satisfy There's honey in the rock There's honey in the rock There's honey in the rock
trust in you today. We thank you for the trust that we can have in you because you've never left us. You've never let us down. The writer of the old hymn says, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know, thus saith the Lord, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I proved him, or and or. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. Praying for more grace to trust the Lord is like putting yourself in a position where you're asking for more patience. You're going to be put in a situation that mandates, that that gives you an opportunity to exercise patience. Patience doesn't come in an Amazon box left on your front doorstep. We have to exercise that. We have to exercise our trust in God, and we receive that grace. So God, today, by your Holy Spirit, we pray that you would move among us. And whatever it is that we're trusting you for today, God, we pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would move in our lives and we would see that work happening. May it begin today in us. We trust you, Lord, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. God bless you. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, it is good to see you this morning. Are you glad to be in the Lord's house? Yeah, come on now. Again, thank you to those of you who are, that are worshiping online with us. We want to extend a special welcome to you. If you're new with us, whether you're online or in the building, uh, thank you so much for being here uh, to worship with us. If you're new and you're here with us in the building, when you walk out of the uh, sanctuary this morning after the service on the left side of the mall, you'll find our Connect Central. That's a place we would love for you to stop by and pick up a free gift. You can find out information about the church, about our ministries, about ways that you can get involved, and just things that we have going on uh, around here at CTC that you might uh, be interested in that might benefit you and that that maybe you can uh, find a place to serve Uh, here at CTC. If you're new and you're online, uh, there's an I'm new here button in the upper right-hand corner. So if you just want to click that, uh, you can let us know uh, that information. Uh, At your seat or where you are online is also our Connect card. Again, if you're online, uh, upper right-hand corner, Connect card, uh, that'll take you to that Connect card. You can let us know you're worshiping and who's with you. If you're here in the room, uh, those are on your table or at your seat where you're sitting. So Take a second and fill those out. Uh, Let us know you're here and who's worshiping with you. You can communicate prayer needs, praise reports, anything that you need to let us know. uh, You can do that, and we will uh, be sure to meet uh, and and pray over those needs uh, several times throughout the week. As we say on a regular basis, those things just don't get filled out and go in a drawer somewhere. Uh, We actually have people that uh, are faithful throughout the week to pray for those. And so we just want to encourage you to... Uh, to do that. Let us bear one another's burdens. Amen? All right. Here's Pastor Roger. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Good to see all of you here. Welcome. Good. To, <laughs> is it up here? 
Uh, good morning again. Welcome online for those of you worshiping with us there. It's a great day to gather in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we're glad that you're all here. A couple things, that, uh, you know, Halloween's coming up. We want to engage our communities with the good news of Jesus Christ, that Christ the cornerstone we love. We love God. We love other people. We serve. We serve. We use our gifts, abilities that God has given to us in service to God and to serve others so that all people may experience the life-changing love of Jesus. So what we've done uh, out in the mall area are these little bags that are uh, provided to, to encourage you to take these home, take as many as you want. Uh, there's a bunch there. If you've got kids or, or trick-or-treaters at your house, you can take these and uh, pass them out along with any other candy that you want to that you want to supply, but there's candy in here. Uh, we gave them out last night. So one guy took, them, took it home, and uh, he said, my sister just had her wisdom teeth taken out, so she will enjoy the candy when she can chew. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. We want you to engage your neighbors and engage others with the good news of Jesus Christ, and this is one way that we can do that. So please take those and, uh, and hand them out uh, on, on Halloween or whenever there's trick-or-treating in your, in your neighborhood. Uh, next Sunday is a great day for the ladies uh, of Christ the Cornerstone. There's a luncheon uh, right after the uh, last service, 1230. It'll, it'll meet right here. So ladies, if you want to gather, it's a great time to meet some new people and, uh, and to make friends and to pray together. As Pastor Bill said, let us carry each other's burdens for one another. And I love how he said, we actually have real people who are praying. <laughs> That's good. That's good that we actually have real people who are praying for these things. And I know that many of you do pray uh, for these things also. I also have good news to tell. Last week I said this week that I would have an announcement about our disaffiliation process. So grateful to those of you as we, as we made a, an appeal for those of you who had uh, extra money so that we could gather uh, the, the $389,000 that we needed in order to disaffiliate from the United Methodist Church. Uh, we asked for them to extend the deadline from October 31st to December 31st. They said, nope, Rite Aid is calling me <laughs> to remind me that I have not picked up my prescription yet. Uh, so <laughs> things happen, right? Life goes on. And uh, so we asked if they could extend the, the deadline. They said, nope, we're not going to extend the deadline. Your deadline is still October 31st. So praise God that we were able to gather that money together. We wrote a check for $389,000 last Wednesday. We delivered it to the conference office and all of our paperwork is in, the money is in, and as of October 31st, we will be disaffiliated from the United Methodist Church. So praise God that uh, everything, is, everything in the, is in process. This has been a difficult thing. It certainly has been, uh, it, it's, we're, I'm going to say more about this in the, not more about the disaffiliation, but more about the changes that are coming to Christ the Cornerstone. And this is a foundational change at Christ the Cornerstone. And you know that if your house gets a, needs work on the foundation to it, or if it has a problem in the foundation, it affects everything that is above it. And I know that changing a pastor changed everything. I know that, that, go, that experiencing COVID was a foundational change in our society. It changed everything. And leaving a denomination is a, another foundational change. So so I'm so proud for those of us who have stuck together through these changes, and we're going to continue to stick together. Why? 
so that all people can experience the life-changing love of Jesus. That is not going to change at Christ the Cornerstone. And now that we've got this out of the way, we are ready to focus in a new way, in a fresh way, on, on others experiencing the life-changing God of, of the life-changing love of Jesus Christ. So let's continue to do that, and we praise God that we can. Uh, let's get back to worshiping, and let's stand together. Uh, oh, we got one scripture to read, and here's the scripture uh, to encourage us and to keep us focused on trusting God in all things, which is what we must do here at Christ the Cornerstone. So let's read this verse together. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be true. Let's stand together as I pray and we continue worshiping God. Heavenly Father, we give you the praise and the glory for all things that you are doing in our lives, in our world. Father, there are so many things in this world that can distract us and cause us to look away from your truth. Suffering, pain, war. But Father, this morning we come to you and we set our eyes on you. We set our eyes on Jesus. We lift you up in these moments of worship, God. Come and be present with us, Holy Spirit. Fill us with hope. Give us joy. Give us courage. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We do invite the Holy Spirit to come and be with us, to come and rest on us, to fill us as we worship Him, as we spend time in His presence. So God, we pray that you would send your Holy Spirit, just as you did on the day of Pentecost. We welcome you. Come and rest on us, Holy Spirit. As the Spirit was moving over the water, Spirit, come move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. As the Spirit was moving over the water, Spirit, come move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. my heart pound when you fill the room you're here and i know you are moving i'm here and i know you will fill me calm down spirit when you move you make my heart pound when you fill the room you're here and i know you are moving i'm here and i know you will fill me As the Spirit was moving over the water, Spirit, come move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. And as the Spirit was moving over the water, Spirit, come move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. Fire and wind, come and do it again. Let heaven on in, come rest on us. 
our prayer today, God. with your spirit tonight, today, God. Fill us fresh with your spirit today, God. We need his Holy Spirit, amen, to live, to walk this life that we've been called to live, to serve in the way that we've been talking about for the last 21 weeks, acting out our part in the kingdom of God. We need his Holy Spirit to do that. Amen? Right. Now, we started working on a new song last week. We sang it for the first time. And we talked before we sang it about the fact that the evidence that Jesus had died was that there was a body in a tomb. There was a body in a grave, and it was his. And then three days later, how many of you know that there was no body in that grave anymore? So that, that for us purchased our salvation. 
that ensured for us that if we ask him to come and be the Lord of our lives, that he will do that and we will live with him forever. Now, when Jesus ascended after he had walked the earth for a number of days after his resurrection, then what happened? He sent the Holy Spirit. So this is all this sequence of events. Jesus was sent. He was born. He lived. He died. He rose again. He sent the Holy Spirit. And the evidence today that he is alive and that he makes us alive is there is no body in that grave. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.
one head gets to wear that crown Cause there's nobody in the grave now No enemy can hold you down Cause there's nobody in the grave now One head gets to wear that crown Cause there's nobody in the grave now No enemy can hold you down Cause there's nobody in the grave now One head gets to wear that crown Cause there's nobody in the grave now No enemy can hold you down Cause there's nobody in the grave now One head gets to wear that crown Cause there's nobody in the grave And light of the world There that was saved There is nobody in that grave. And so today, Lord, we have victory over sin, over death, over the grave, over everything. And so, God, we pray our earnest prayer today that as we, as we finish this series in acting out is that you would send your Holy Spirit fresh and new. Lord, we need that Holy Spirit more than ever in this world that we live in. If we watch the news and we read the newspaper, it looks bad, right? Doesn't it, folks? It looks bad if we read the newspaper and if we watch the news. It looks bad. But we sing a song here from time to time that in part the verse says, when the world's on fire, it's not like you don't have a plan. He has it all in his hands. So Holy Spirit, come and lead us. Spirit sound, rushing wind, fire of God, fall within. Holy Ghost, breathe on us, we pray. As we repent, turn from sin, revive. 
fragrance of heaven, pour your spirit out, pour your spirit out. For hearts that burn with holy fear, purified in faith and deed, refiner's fire, strengthen what remains. So we the church bear your light, lamp of flame, city bright, king and kingdom, come is what we spirit out on us, Lord. Like you said through the prophet Joel that you would do in the last days, that you would pour your spirit out on all flesh. God, we pray that we would in this day, in this room, in this time together, sense your Holy Spirit in a real, maybe in a way that we never have before. 
God, lead us and move in us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And offer, offer a blessing to our children. Come on, kids, let's pray. Father, we are grateful for the young ones that you place in, in our presence. And we just ask you to bless them this morning. And bless us all, God, that wherever we are, whatever we're doing, we can hear you speak to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is the end, folks. No, no, no. Let me clarify. <laughs> it's not the end. Uh, we're going to have a different picture on the screen next week after we've, you have been so faithful, so patient to, to walk through the book of Acts as we've talked about uh, playing our part in the kingdom of God. And I'm so glad that you've made the responses that you have made uh, with, with these little cards that we've uh, that we've mailed out and we've had on the tables and, and your chairs. And every week I'm inviting you to take this, uh, fill it out prayerfully, and respond to us uh, through that thing. You know, when you make a mistake, it's important to correct it. I made a mistake this morning. I said the ladies' luncheon is next week. It's today! So if you're not... <laughs> I just got so excited about what was happening, you know. All right, so ladies' luncheon is today. Good news, good news. So come back or, uh, uh, and, and we'll enjoy that fellowship together. Preaching is a risky thing because you make mistakes sometimes. But every, one of the risks that preachers take is revealing too much about ourselves. You know, some, some, it's, it's tempting sometimes for a preacher to, to disclose personal things without even realizing it. You know, there's, there, there are times when we vent thing, uh, about things and it's just not appropriate. The, the congregation is not the pastor's sounding board. <laughs> the congregation is not the pastor's therapist. Uh, the congregation is, is, is not where the pastor ought to be uh, venting things. And we have to be careful. We preachers have to be careful about uh, what's happening in our own lives that it, that, that it doesn't uh, come across as, as just laying on you our own burdens. But there are also times when the messages that we give need to speak to us. And, and I, my, my expectation is but that before I proclaim a message to you, I have wrestled with that message and I have listened to God in my own life about what it is that God wants me to say to you so that I can speak to you honestly 
Well, this, this message today is one of those messages that, that has a personal connection with me, and I think that it will have a personal connection with you. So I'm naming that at the outset <laughs> as we get into this. I'm not going to dump on you, and I'm, not, I'm not, I'm, and I'm not exposing myself in such a way that, that I expect you to carry my burdens for me. But I am asking us to do this. I'm asking all of us to hear this message today and, and reflect on our own lives as we, as we hear this message. Sometimes we come to church and we hear a message and we leave church saying, boy, I wish so-and-so could hear that message. And, and, and when you do that, let me challenge you, that if you ever leave a service, whether it's my sermon or somebody else's sermon, think, boy, I got so-and-so needs to hear that because they, they're doing something wrong or whatever. I want to challenge you to flip that around. And if you ever feel that way, turn around and ask yourself, God, what are you saying to me about that message? Because the message that God has through, through worship is for you. No one else. God's speaking to you in these messages. So today, I want us to, I want us to pray this prayer before we hear this message. And, and I don't do this very often, but I'm going I'm to spoon feed a prayer to you, and I'm asking you simply to say it back to me. And, and so let's pray this prayer of preparation, let's call it that, as we, as we, uh, before we hear God's word today. And if you're online, please say this prayer with me too. Uh, and, and I don't intend to put words in your mouth, and I don't intend to manipulate you, so I'm just inviting you to join me in this prayer by repeating it after me. So let's try this. Father, we come into your presence. Father, we come into your presence as learners of your truth, as learners of your truth. We cannot learn if we refuse to practice your lessons. We cannot learn if we refuse to practice your lessons. Now soften our hearts, in our hearts, so that the message you have for each of us settles deep within our soul. And then give us courage to trust you and commit to follow your teaching. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, let's take that to heart. Let's, let, let's listen to what God has for us. It's time when I was pastoring three churches in northeastern Pennsylvania, and, and I was working with the leadership, uh, the, the, the church council, and, and I had gotten into a, a bad habit. And the habit that I'd gotten into was... I think I was being a little tentative in my leadership. I think I was saying, you know what, we could do this, and we could go this direction, and we could do this, but then if we do that, this is going to happen, and this might happen, uh, but then, then we could go back over here, and this would be a good thing for us, but what if this, this happens over here? Well, we could go, and I was kind of waffling back and forth, and there was the, 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 the chairperson of the, of the council was hearing me waffling back and forth and, and saying this, but then I'd say this, which just kind of undid everything that I said, because, you know, the, a contrast does that, a, a but does that. And my wife has told me that. You just told me this, but then you undid it when you said this. 
Some of us have experienced that in our marriages. And, and so I was doing that with, with this group of people in, in the church that they were looking at. And the chair of the council, wise, faithful woman, her name was Sandy. She looked at me, and with her dark, <laughs> piercing eyes, she said to me simply these words, you say but a lot. That's all she had to say. Boom. And I was pierced to the heart. I said, you're right. And I had to break myself of that habit. And, and I remember that. It was probably 20 years ago that I learned that lesson from her. And these lessons that we remember for 20 years probably are lessons that we're supposed to remember for 20 years because these are habits that we get that really need to be broken, but it takes a long time for us to break some of these habits. So I find myself remembering Sandy and remembering, Roger, if you, you've been called to a place of, of leadership and you need to lead people in, in, the, in the direction that I want them to go, and don't excuse that or don't undo that by saying this or this or this or this or this. I was saying too many buts. But there is, but, but there is a but, now, don't, don't get afraid where I'm going with this. <laughs> but there is a but that is a good but to have. And that phrase is this one. But God. But God. But God. We live in this world, but God has a plan. We experience this. But God, I have sinned, but God. Acts chapter 3, verse 15. Peter is preaching a message after the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit had come upon him. He was playing his part in the kingdom of God, and he was, he was being confronted by the the. Uh, the people of Jerusalem. He was being confronted by the Jewish people and he confronted them right back. And he said these words, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. And we are witnesses of this fact. Now, when we say those words in, in our culture today, you know, I, I'm, 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 I say that I'm on TikTok quite often because I, I, get, I have to be very careful what videos I watch on TikTok. I've trained my phone to, to you know, I've trained TikTok to get away the, the, the nasty stuff that's not helpful to me. And I get, a, I get a lot of, for some reason, I get a lot of videos of, of people who are trying to explain or, or they're asking people to join their, um, their live uh, explaining, uh, prove to me that there is a God. And, and, and here's the scripture. Years ago, thousands of years ago, Peter saw Jesus raised from the dead. We, we can say that is a fact. But people today, because it was so many thousands of years ago, they presume 
that it is false because it's so many thousands of years old. But it doesn't change it from being a fact. Peter saw with his own eyes, and he said to the people who killed Jesus, you killed the creator. You killed the author of life. But God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses. We saw him live, walk. We touched him. We heard him. How many more senses does science need to observe in order to make it a fact? We saw him. We can trust him. But God raised him from the dead. So as we conclude our series that's taken us all through this summer, playing your part in the kingdom of God, one more time I encourage you to trust in God, to listen to him and fill out that thing (laughs) and get in here and act on what God is teaching us to do. Let's read Acts chapter 27, verses 18 through 26. We're going to see something that God does, but God. Acts chapter 27 has uh, this law, is, is, is this long story of a very rough journey for the Apostle Paul. And there are times in life when, God, when God's plan for us is not an easy road. It is a rough journey. And we need, to, we need to get set in our hearts and in our minds that Jesus doesn't call us just to a life of prosperity or to a life of joy, or to a, which are all true things. He promises to take care of us. He promises to be with us. He also promises us that we are going to experience tough times. We are going to suffer. Why? Because He suffered. And He says, follow me. And we have to be ready to endure the suffering that comes through Jesus, through following him. And so Paul, in this whole chapter of 27, we're just going to read a few verses of it. Paul is on a boat. He is on his way to Rome for a trial before Caesar. It's God's plan for him to do that. But along the way, they, they set sail during the hurricane season. We're just starting the hurricane season here. They call, some translations call it a nor'easter. I'm, maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, but there's not a lot of difference between a nor'easter and a hurricane. <laughs> we, in this part of the world, we live through nor'easters. We've lived through hurricanes. We know the destruction. Paul said to the captain, We're, this, don't go. It's too dangerous. We're going to get caught in a storm. Captain ignored Paul's advice. What does he know? He's not the captain of the ship. (laughs) So they set sail. They set sail for a couple of days. They they anchored for the night. The storm comes. And this is is a, a description of it, starting with verse 18. The next day, as gale force winds continued to batter the ship, The crew began throwing cargo overboard. We've got to make this ship lighter or we're going to sink. That's that day. 
the, the storm continued. The next day, the following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. We need this stuff to operate the ship. No, we don't. We need to save the ship. Verse 20 says, The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars. And how long did the storm last? It lasted until all hope was gone. When's that? (laughs) Until all hope was gone. It's significant. That's a powerful phrase. It lasted until all hope is gone. Have you experienced a time in your life when all hope was gone? So, 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 so lock in to, to that fear. Lock in to that experience. All hope being gone. Verse 21 says, No one had eaten for a long time. And finally, Paul called the crew together and said, Men, <laughs> such a helpful phrase. I told you so. Paul says, men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. Had you, you would have avoided all this damage and loss. But, but take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. All hope was lost. The ship's going down. Don't count on the ship. (laughs) Don't grab onto the ship. It's going down. If you grab onto the ship, you'll go down with it. Let go of the ship. The ship's going down. All hope is lost. But none of you will lose your lives. How do I know that? Because last night, an angel of the Lord, to whom I belong, an angel of God, the God to whom I belong, I belong to God, and whom I serve, an angel of God, stood next to me. The angel said to me, Paul, don't be afraid. Because you will surely stand trial before Caesar. Mm, I was kind of hoping you'd get me out of that, God. But no, 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 I'm going to save your life so that you can continue on the path that I have for you and proclaim me in front of Caesar. God leads us through rough journeys. And what's more, God, in His goodness, what are you talking about? I'm in the middle of the storm. We're going to lose the boat. What do you mean, you good God? but in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. Paul says to the men, so take courage, for I, I believe God. It will be just as God said. You know, back in the Old Testament, 
God made a promise to Abraham. God's promise to Abraham said, from you and your people, I will create a nation of people. That nation of people will be a blessing to the entire world. We trust that Jesus is, is, is part of the fulfillment of that blessing to all people. Jesus has come to reconcile all people with God until every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's the promise God made to Abraham. And to, and to, and to seal that promise, to, to, to sign God's name to that covenant, God said to Abraham, and you can read this in Genesis chapter 12 and Genesis chapter 15. God said to Abraham, I want you to get, I think it's five animals. Birds, I can't remember, they're going off the top of my head. Take these animals and kill them. Slice them in two pieces. Lay one half on this side, lay the other half on this side. Abraham did what God told him to do. Here are these carcasses laying here. And then God, then Abraham stops. He says, now what, God? And he worshiped God. Fire from God came down. Fire passed through these carcasses, consuming them and offering a sacrifice, the giving of blood to seal the promise that God had made. The, the meaning of that, of that experience is God saying to Abraham, if I do not make good on my promise, may this happen to me. My life ends. God put his own existence on the line. God says, if I don't fulfill my promise, I don't exist. God does what God says he'll do. I understand our perspective of God is human. <laughs> and so I'm willing to trust, okay, God, you're still doing what you want to do, and I don't understand what you're doing. But I believe you, God. That's what Paul is saying in this. Paul is saying, take courage, for I believe God. Just as Abraham believed God. Isaac believed God. Jacob believed God. Joseph believed God. The prophets believed God. The judges believed God. Paul believed God. It will be just as he said. Then he says, last verse 26 says, but... And I love these buts. But we will be shipwrecked on an island. But God. In our world, we see many storms in life. And I don't want to make anybody depressed, but you're naming, you're listing the storms in your own life right now. And it doesn't take long to make a long list. From a worldwide perspective, we see the wars in our world, in Ukraine and in Israel, 
right now. Continuing, these are continuations of great conflicts that have been going on for generations. These are great conflicts, we can say, of biblical proportion, (laughs) biblical reality. In our nation, we see the ravages of mental health and mass shootings again this past week. And we're fighting again. How do we respond to this? There's no response to it except to weep and mourn and ask God's mercy to be with us. Lord, change our world. And our church is in this transition. As I I said, this foundational transition as we seek and envision our future for the coming years. And I'm so proud of of the elders of our church, the leaders of our church. We spent... Our meeting started at 9 o'clock yesterday morning. We didn't leave until 3 o'clock. We're rewriting our bylaws for our future. Lord, help us. (laughs) We need your wisdom, God. We're in a a, a transition. Uh, One of the the TikToks I see uh, sometimes is, wow, a boat's going through that, that passageway between the oceans and the harbor. And sometimes the, where, these, where the two bodies of water meet, it's turbulent. But the boat's got to go through it. And depending on the skill of the captain, <laughs> the people are either in the boat or out of the boat. <laughs> when storms come, I think we have uh, typical responses. The first response we may have is hurt. We might feel hurt. We might be afraid of getting hurt. There are dangers in in these journeys, these rough journeys. We don't want to get hurt. But every athlete knows and understands that muscles only grow because they get hurt. Growth comes through struggle. Oh, I hate that truth. But it's true. Growth comes through struggle. There's no easy way to grow up. There's no easy way to mature. There's no easy way to get old. (laughs) It's not easy being young. It's not easy being old. I don't want to depress anybody. I want us to say, but God, but God, I need you. Second thing that we might feel is fear. We might get scared. I don't want to go through that. Peter, when he, Jesus had 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 a miraculous day, feeding thousands of people, yay for Jesus. He was exhausted. He went off into the hills to pray. He said to his disciples, you push out and you go across across the lake. I'll catch up to you. As Jesus caught up to them, he was walking on the water. The disciples looked out the boat. They saw this murky figure coming across the water. They said, they got scared. It's a ghost. We don't understand this. But God... Maybe there's a different way of looking at this problem. And fear gripped the disciples 
as Jesus walked on the water until he got closer to them. And Peter says, if, if it is you, Lord, call me out to you. Come, Peter. Peter gets steps out of the boat, walks on the water until he sees the rough journey. And his eyes move off their focus of God, focus of Jesus, and he sees the difficulties of walking on the water, and he focuses on that, and he begins to sink. Jesus lifts him up out of the rough journey. Fear keeps us from stepping out and trusting what God wants us to do. Don't let your fear keep you from doing what God is calling you to do. The fears may still be there. I don't understand this, but let's keep going forward. Third thing, we just may feel inadequate. I feel inadequate daily. <laughs> Not in a depressing way, but then sometimes I get discouraged because I feel inadequate. Sometimes I allow my inadequacies to keep me from, tra- from trusting God and doing and trusting that God, when I step forward on this action that God has inspired me to do, that I think I can't do, only then does God come in and fulfill I've said this before, but there's this saying on, that's posted up on my, on my wall above my desk, and it's there to remind me every day that if, this is what it says, if it is possible, God is not in it. <laughs> Let me say it again. If it is possible, from a human perspective, I don't need God to be in it. If I know I have the money, if I know I have the skill, if I know I have the ability, if I know it can be done, I'm not depending on God to help me do it. I'm going to do it all on my own. And we have, uh, mankind, humanity has accomplished fabulous things without God. But there are things that we cannot do. Moses, and, I, and I, I want to live a life that depends on God being with us. I don't want to do it without God, because with God, all things become possible. And, and that statement isn't true, just to say all things are possible. That's not what the Bible says. With God, all things possible. Make sure what you're doing is with God. Moses saw his inadequacies against the power of Pharaoh. Moses saw his inadequacies to lead the people of Israel out of out of Egypt and into the promised land. It took him 40 years to get it done. Moses was inadequate to, to, to squelch the complaining of the people. He needed God, but God. All these reasons cause us to reject and turn away from doing what God calls us to do, but God. Psalm 73, verse 26 says, read it with me, would you? My health may fail, and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength 
of my heart. He is mine forever. I want to leave that on the screen. I want to read the entire Psalm 73. And this is what it says. It says, truly, God is good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. But as for me, I have lost my footing. My feet were slipping and I was almost gone because I envied those who are proud when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. You ever look, how can somebody so wicked have so much? And we we say that all the time. And this was the psalmist thousands of years ago writing this. People don't change. Verse 4 in Psalm 73 says, They seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They don't have troubles like other people. They're not plagued with problems like everyone else. They wear pride like a jeweled necklace and clothe themselves with cruelty. These fat cats have everything their heart could ever wish for, and they scoff and speak only evil. In their pride, they seek to crush others. They boast against the very heavens, and their words strut throughout the earth, and so the people are dismayed and confused, drinking in all their words. What does God know, they ask? Does the Most High even know what's happening? Look at these wicked people enjoying a life of ease, while their riches multiply. God, did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason, God? I get nothing but trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. If I had really spoken this way to others, I would have been a traitor to your people, O God. I tried to understand why the wicked prosper. But what a difficult task that is. And then, God, I went into your sanctuary. I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. Truly, you put them on a slippery path and send them sliding over the cliff to destruction. In an instant, they're all destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. When you arise, O Lord, you will laugh at their silly ideas as a person laughs at dreams in the morning. And then I realized my heart was bitter. I was torn up inside. I was so foolish and ignorant, I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you. And yet I still belong to you. You, O God, hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. Oh, who do I have in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. My health may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but God, but God, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Those who desert him will perish, for you destroy those who abandon you. But as for me, how good it is to be near God. I have made the Sovereign Lord my shelter, and I will tell everyone about the wonderful things you do. But God. This morning as you hear, as you reflect on your own life, the troubles you face, the challenges you have, the 
the, the rough journey that you may be going through, trust God. Believe God. Trust Jesus that he died on the cross to forgive our sins, to help us, to show us, to strengthen us, to empower us, to give us wisdom, to change the world as he desires the world to be recreated, all of us, in his likeness. Let's take time this morning to just pray, and I, I just invite you to listen to, 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 to take the, the contrast of what you're experiencing in this world and what you hear God saying and to trust God with it all. But God, let's stand together as, as, as we pray and I invite you to come forward. You want to come and kneel here at the platform area to just offer your prayer, pour out your heart to God. Say, Lord, I do trust in you. Seal that as, as God sealed his, his covenant with, with Abraham and said, God, I will make good what I say to you. Come here and say, God, make good in my life what you want to happen in my life. I give my life to you. Let's pray together. You want to pray with somebody at the prayer station? They will be glad to, to pray with you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful. So grateful, Jesus, that you give yourself to us. Oh, God, we do trust you. We believe you, God. Help. Help our unbelief. Come, Lord Jesus, and speak to us, whether we're in this room, whether we're watching online, whether we're watching uh, long after this day. Holy Spirit, continue to minister to us. Forgive us, heal us, strengthen us. Be the strength in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. God, we give ourselves to you. Totally submit ourselves to your will, to your plan, to who you want us to be. So Lord, as we commit to this today and every day, we pray that you would seal it by your Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use Sing that chorus again. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me and here I am here I stand 
to your kingdom. And so, Lord, our heart and our commitment today is that you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would enable us and empower us to be just that. Exactly playing the role that you want us to play. Knowing full well that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you will strengthen us, you will train us, you will equip us, and you will be with us. So, Lord, we don't have to fear being hurt. We don't have to fear being scared. We don't have to fear our own inadequacies because we all have them. But, God, you have called us, and you will empower us. Before you leave this morning, if you still want to come and pray, the altar is still open. There are still folks at the prayer stations. There are still folks online that can meet with you uh, and pray with you before you sign off today. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us. Have a great week.